Welcome to Bike Life Radio from KWNK 97.7 FM in Reno, Nevada. We ride our bikes around the world with a recorder and we talk to people about their bikes and their lives. I'm Kai Plaskon of BikeWashow.org. Right on. What if we reversed our transportation world? What if there were more bikes on our roads than cars? You're probably saying, yeah, right, that would never work or ever even happen. Well, it has worked for two decades at Burning Man, the Nevada arts event in the temporary Black Rock City in the Nevada desert. It's called one of the most bike-friendly communities on the planet. Speculated that 90% of residents ride bikes 100% of the time. It's Biketopia, saving the planet with human power, saving lives, reducing crashes, eliminating traffic and parking problems, and having a lot more fun. Before we get to all that, bike news. In international news, the Luco Global Bicycle Index has released its most bicycle-friendly cities around the world. Cities in the Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland, and even China made the list. Uh, The top 10, really. U.S. cities didn't show up until number 39. That's San Francisco. UK police have added an e-bike to their crime-fighting tools. It's a folding bike with tiny little wheels. I like to call these clown bikes because of their tiny wheels. Police are serious, though, on their clown bikes to catch drivers who are posing problems out there. In a six-hour crime-fighting spree, the e-bike shift uh, mounted officer, he rode up to cars and he caught six people using cell phones. Uh, One person didn't have a license and another didn't have insurance. Uh, a dangerous driver, they, they, they caught one of those too, and they also did a drug bust on their e-bike. Turning to national news, a Maryland man jumped off a curb on his e-bike and he fell down. His solution was to sue the company that made the e-bike for $1 million because he fell off his bike and it broke. Turning to national news, knowing how many people are on bikes is important in Philadelphia. They're doing an annual bike count there. The Bike Coalition there does it every year for about two months to show growth in the cycling community. There's a state of emergency declaration in effect in Carlsbad, California. That's near my hometown of San Diego. Why? Well, there's a dramatic increase in crashes and fatalities. They increased from 30 in 2019 to 100 in 2021. And so far this year, there are already 57 accidents. So what's the solution? They say, well, make drivers go slower simple. But how do we get drivers to uh, take their lead foot off their deadly metal box wheel uh, gas pedal? (laughs) Well, the League of American Bicyclists is going city to city in the United States right now, uh, telling engineers who do road design to design roads so that people drive slower. Here's an interesting way to do that. If you plant trees, it reduces visibility for drivers and so they can't drive as fast. The city of Bend, Oregon has created a protected bike path inside a roundabout. This is revolutionary as roundabouts are really stressful for cyclists. They're also doing a micromobility hub in that city. Here's the local bike news. The Reno area could get $50 million in federal funds for pedestrian and bike infrastructure. The Regional Transportation Commission asked bikewashoe.org for a letter of support in its federal application for the Build Back Better funds. UNR has partnered with e-scooter company Bird. Uh, They have a new e-scooter website, uh, and it tells people where to park and stuff. It's all about costs and the the rules for using scooters. You can find it under Parking Services at the UNR website. Speaking of students, the city of Reno wants to hear from uh, from students on the micromobility project in downtown Reno. The city rate might remove the protected bike path if people don't take the survey and say good things about this, uh, the bike path. So go to bikewasho.org, our Facebook page, Bike Washo Facebook page, and you'll find the link to the survey in the news feed there. There are plans to expand the protected bike path on 5th Street Avenue, and, uh, and they want to expand it to Holcomb Street. The plan would use parked cars uh, on the really wide street there on Holcomb to protect cyclists. And turning to politics now, uh, Reno Mayor Hillary Sheevy is making bicycles a central theme of her campaign in statewide media. She's uh, running for mayor against Republican carpet cleaner business owner Eddie Lorton. Uh, the Nevada Independent reported that Sheevy wants to improve sustainability by lessening the need for cars uh, by building bike lanes. 
uh, we would include some information on Lorton, but he declined the interview with The Independent. Tens of thousands of people from all over the world came through Reno with bikes this uh, last month, and uh, they'll be coming through again this month. Uh, it's as part of the annual Burning Man event in the Black Rock Desert. It's been called the most bike-friendly place on Earth. But is it really Biketopia? BikeWashoe.org is recommending that Burning Man apply for the Bicycle Friendly Community designation with the League of American Bicyclists to work towards solutions like needing more bike mechanics and education there to help people ride their bikes. Uh, a representative from Burning Man has in, uh, expressed interest in applying. Finally, join the Dutch Cycling Embassy in Reno as we ride through the streets uh, from the McKinley Arts Center, uh, Arts and Cultural Center to Patagonia for a movie and beer and talk. Uh, there's going to be free stuff if you ride your bike. That's uh, September 12th at 5 p.m. at McKinley Arts and Cultural Center for the ride. That's at 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. at Patagonia for the movie and the talk. You're listening to Bike Life Radio on KWNK 97.7 FM. We're stepping into an experiment today. Uh, a warning uh, as we step into this experiment. The word sex and uh, threesome do come up. Um, uh, so there's your warning. Anyway, uh, what's it like when 90% of people ride their bikes instead of driving? What would our world be like if it were like that? Uh, well, it's cleaner, less people die, uh, they have more fun, uh, there's no traffic or parking problems, uh, and, and we see it. it. It's happening at Burning Man in Black Rock City, and those are the lessons from Burning Man. Uh, it's also called the most bicycle-friendly place on the planet. So how well is it working uh, and, and how well it works is a surprise to people around the world in even more bike-friendly countries than the United States. Here's Lars Ha of Denmark. Yeah, that's true, because uh, a lot of folks rode around on, on their bikes here, daytime and nighttime, and we were really surprised that people didn't crash into each other. There were no lanes, and uh, yeah, a lot of stuff was going on. So several times, my spouse and I, uh, the first year, discussed, uh, wow, that's, that's wonderful that we can do this all together here. <laughs> and not crash into each and other. And not crashing into each other, yeah. Did you think that before you were like, oh my god, I have to be in a bike lane, otherwise I'm going to crash into everybody? No, not really. I mean, we didn't know uh, we didn't know what to expect out here, but we were brought up in Denmark with uh, yeah, roads and bike lanes and uh, now and then it's uh, it can get uh, it can it become a hostel to uh, in in the cities in Denmark to ride your bike because so many people do it. And uh, but we didn't know what to expect out here, so we were just yeah, surprised and surprised in a very positive way. So a couple of years later, if I can follow up on it, we brought our kids out here and uh, at that time they were five and seven. And uh, yeah, we had to tell them there's a lot, there's a lot going out, on out here and also in terms of biking. And, uh, but it worked, uh, it worked very fine. We stayed, the first year we brought the kids out here, we stayed in Kidsville. And uh, how can I put it uh, in a polite way? Some of the other parents over there were kind of scared. Will you let them go out right alone in, uh, in, in Black Rock City? And we said, yes, uh, during daytime we don't have any problem at all. Uh, at nighttime we will uh, go along with them on their bikes. And uh, we have, yeah, some one, it makes me think of some wonderful photos with the kids on their bikes being five and seven the first year out here. Yeah. That was Lars Ha of Denmark talking about the awesomeness of the Biketopia of Burning Man in Black Rock City. But like anything, a, a Biketopia uh, doesn't come to um, fruition without some challenges. And to lead us into the discussion of what those challenges are for individual riders is Monica Jane of Reno. Handlebars were too low for my preference and my bike seat wasn't tilted in a way that I enjoyed. Oh, yeah, you really want to enjoy the bike seat. Did you know that uh, historically, when bikes originally came out, people were really worried that women were getting uh, a lot of um, uh, sexual pleasure. Yeah, let's I mean, let's be real. Why were sexual they pleasure. About that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So 
Are you, uh, do you get sexual pleasure from your seat now? <laughs> um, probably if I tried, but. Was that, was that the problem that you were like, my bike is not giving me sexual pleasure and it needs repair? <laughs> Fix it. Yeah, that's exactly why I moved my seat. You got me. You needed to fix the bike uh, with the, the fixing the seat and the handlebars uh, so that you could have more sexual pleasure. And uh, what happened? <laughs> sex sells, I gotta, and even though we're non-commercial here on uh, KWNK, the more I say sex, the, the more people will wanna tune in and listen. So anyway, uh, you had two dudes with you as you were trying no, to- it was oh, a chick so, and a guy. A chick and a guy, all right. Yeah. So it was a threesome in your bike. I mean, if we count the bike, it's a foursome. Yes. Yes, you got to count the bike. Um, yeah, so my seat my seat was tilted downward, and I just felt like I was going to fall forward all the time. I was holding myself up by my two low hand handlebars. And so I unscrewed something that seemed like it was the thing that was going to move the handlebars, and then they wouldn't move. And then I remembered at Kiwanis where I got the bike, they have a burner bike program. I remembered at Kiwanis seeing him do, what is that called, an Allen wrench or a monkey wrench, the stop sign shaped piece. Uh -huh. I've never called? heard it described as a stop sign shape, but that's, well, that's accurate. It's like an octagon, it's got six sides. If you look really closely at it, it does say on the end, stop. Oh. It's to get you to not tighten it too much. Interesting. I made that up. Oh, oh my different. god. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, but, what, yeah, you were you were wrenching on it. Well, I unscrewed the thing at the bottom of the handlebars, um, and it wasn't moving. And the, the, between the three of us, we would have been pulling and wrenching on it and gave up because we couldn't figure out how to move it. So once I loosened that, <laughs> the handlebars wouldn't move at all because it was so rusty, I guess. And then all of a sudden we pulled it and just everything came out completely. Experience, you did the right thing. You worked with other people, you turned other things, you looked at what could be turned and you turned it and explored and found that uh, you could solve the problem yourself. Along the way, I mean, you had these, this uh, dude and this um, young woman, uh, yeah, assisting with, uh, with what? Uh, holding? Well, if you, if you want to get sexual again, she was, oh, of course, she yes. was squeezing the front tire between her thighs to keep it in place. And I was like, watch your chin, because like we were moving the handlebars and I didn't want to bang, bang her into, the, into her face. Did you bang her? Well, no, we did no. not, no. thankfully. No. I mean, that would have been a bad kind of banging. It's not All the right. banging we're looking for. <laughs> um, and then he was on the back side. And, and then you and said then something. And I said, who the fuck? Do people fix their bikes on their own? And both of them in synchronicity said, they have bike racks. I was like, oh, yeah. So they have bike stands. That's, yeah, they, they said that. Yeah. I was like, oh, you definitely would need one of those. Having the right bike tool. So I, I guess, did you come away from that realizing that, hey, maybe I can do this on my own? No, it was it was so hard. Like I need the moral support. A stand is not going to be like, you got this, come on. You can find the right tool. Even though you just banged your knuckles into something really hard and they're bleeding right now, it's okay, you got this, because that's what was happening. Look at my hands. They're, oh they've my got gosh. all kinds of um, like wounds all over on them from trying to do it. So yeah, no, I was like, I don't want to ever do this again. You know, I think that's a really good lesson for bike mechanics because we show people how to do stuff all the time. And then we have in our minds, wow, we did this thing and we showed them how to do it. And now they can take this skill home and they will repair their own bike. But uh, that's not really the, the case. That's not reality. Yeah, I mean, I wish I wish I could be like, bump ba da dum yes, forevermore. I'll do my own bike, but that's just not how I feel yet. Yeah. And besides, I don't have a stand and stands don't cheerlead. We could record a message. You could do this. Yeah. Turn something. Even though and this sucks, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked so bad. Oh, I'm really sorry about that. Well, part of the reason why it sucked is the wrench was, you know, adjustable. So it kept like 
slipping a little bit and stripping no matter I would get it real tight and nice and start using it but it loosens and then it would like slip over the corner of the bolt and you know start stripping the bolt and then I was worried about stripping the bolt and never being able to get it off and then I couldn't get it like super tight my, my seat now wishy-washy's left and right it's tilted at the right tilt one of the things that I said while we were doing it is like, God, I would have avoided this all week long thinking that it was impossible and I couldn't do it. Um, but here we are like, so no, I wouldn't go repair my bike on my own and be like, oh yay, this is fun. I would, on the other hand, <laughs> I would, on the other hand, repair my bike with friends there. So I now feel empowered that like, oh wow, I can do this. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you, Monica Jane. You're welcome. Thank you. That was Monica Jane of Reno talking about how hard it is for people who aren't accustomed to fixing a bike to, to learn how to fix a bike and uh, how maybe bike cheerleaders at uh, bike shops, uh, men with pom-poms, I imagine, uh, being at bike shops could help to cheer people on uh, as they try to fix their bike and, and the challenge of that. Um, one of those longtime bike fixing cheerleaders out there in the world is Jack of Nosefish Camp at Burning Man. It's a small bike repair camp. Here he is. People buy bikes out in the default world somewhere at home, and then they don't work there, but they think they'll magically work out here. Um, but the other thing is that the bearings just, the, the play dust grinds down the bearings and then they fall out. So you've brought up a really good point. If there are a lot of broken bikes and they are given to uh, other groups, then making sure that the groups uh, repair them correctly. Yes, so that's an yes, area that's that, right. that Burning Man could really yes. improve, that the Black Rock City yes, could improve. I, our volunteer group at home, we, we, we pass about 1,100 people a year through as volunteers and we try to teach them how to, how to maintain their bikes and how to fix them. I, it'd, it'd be great if cyclists could uh, learn the concept of constant bearing decreasing range so that when you're, you're, you're riding and you're someone, you see someone that's continuously getting close to you, you're going to hit them. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, we were just talking to somebody who was surprised that more people don't hit each other. Yes, I am surprised too that people are still quick enough to uh, veer out of the way at the last moment. But there's a lot of near misses and we actually saw a collision out here between a bike and a car. Uh -huh. And the guy just suddenly steered right into the car. Huh. Oh, with his bicycle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's like a, a training on how to ride a bike. Yeah, right? I think mo a lot of the people come out here don't have bikes at home. Um, I'm hoping that coming out here people go, oh, you know, I can ride this around here. Maybe I can ride at home. So, you know, one of the things that came to mind is that, uh, you know, required training in terms of bicycles. Like we have the DMV, the Department of Mutant Vehicles, and they, they have to register and check in. But what if there were some re kind of requirement like, hey, here's some bike basics that you have to go through. Are there just too many people for that? There or? are too many people for that. People are tired of so many rules as it is. This is, you know, free spirits out here. But, but. <laughs> Once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away, um, there used to be bicycle education in elementary school. And we'd have bike rodeos a couple of times a year at elementary schools. It only took about four hours out of the, the school year. And someone would come in and teach people how to, what the rules of the road were, how to ride safely. They don't do that in the States anymore. Maybe in Holland they do that, but they sure don't do it here. Well, yeah, I guess if everything worked all the time, that would be fine, but they don't. things don't work all the time. So what do you do when you get a flat tire? And, well, what if your tires never go flat? Uh, well, that would be wonderful. Yeah. That would be, that would be another world in another dimension. <laughs> Back in that galaxy no far entropy. away. Where, what would we do without entropy? Oh, what would we do without what? Entropy. Entropy. All energy levels decay, and so all mechanical things deteriorate, all physical systems deteriorate. Huh. Bicycles are one of those. Huh. And people don't realize that. They think they will work oh, for no, they Well, they just throw it in the dumpster and buy another one. Oh. They go down to Walmart and pay 100 bucks and buy a bike, and then they don't have to deal with it. You're listening to Bike Life Radio from KWNK Studios. I'm Kai Plaskon. Right on! 
we'll get back to our interview in just a minute. Imagine the things that are important to you. Housing, food insecurity, the environment. You have ideas. Let homeowners build more cheap rentals on their properties for marginalized communities. Support food service and parks. Install protected paths for clean transportation like bikes. Realize you have the power to tell the mayor and city council what you think using the website buildabetterbikenetwork.com. K-Wink is not responsible for actions taken while under hypnosis. Buildabetterbikenetwork.com. listening to Bike Life Radio from KWNK Studios. I'm Kai Plaskon. Right on. Let's get back to our interview. We actually like working bikes because yeah. some of the bikes that come in here are a total challenge to fix and we often don't have the parts. So I mean, it'll I, be some obscure part that we can't can't find. If I came in with a, a broken bike currency, then uh, that would be a negative we'd, we'd, negative we'd, money. That would be negative money, but we'd still appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> Negative money. Hmm. Oh, that's something. They could issue negative money at the gate, negative bike money, and then uh, bring it to the bike camp and give you the negative bike money when their bike breaks. Well, there's an idea. Yeah. And then you turn in the negative bike money to Burning Man, and then they give you real money. How about that? It would be nice. There's something about Burning Man where people don't, they maybe appreciate the art, but I think they don't do that either. Um, that, that it's just become a big party and, and the level of appreciation of what went into things and how beautiful things are has kind of gone away. Yeah. What does that got to do with bikes? Well, people don't appreciate the things they own, especially their bicycles, which are their, their ride to freedom. It's, you know, it's just another throwaway item. Hmm. When so, the English built bicycles back in the 1890s, they expected them to last for 75 years. Yeah. 75 years. Yeah, yeah. Bicycles, a lot of bicycles now are good to ride all the way to the cash register. That was Jack of Nosefish Camp uh, saying that there are, uh, that there needs to be better education at a younger age about bike repair out in the wider community, but that doesn't mean there can't be education at Burning Man, and there is to some extent. Now, here's something else interesting at Burning Man is that bikes can teach us a lot about problem-solving skills, right? Uh, Just how to fix a bike. But maybe other problem-solving skills, too, like what if we need to crush a billion beer cans? I'm Recycle Michael. Recycle Michael. That's correct. And uh, Recycle Michael. Decrushinator. Wow. And and so what's the idea of uh, using the bicycle for it? Well, uh, we got to crush a lot of cans here. So instead of doing it with your feet or whatever, I don't know why they're doing that when we have the crushinator here. But uh, the idea is that we have the bike-powered can crusher with these two rotating drums so we can crush a massive amount of cans. Well, human power is, is pretty useful, you know. If you're off the grid and you want to run something really intensive like a washing machine, you know, you could do it with a bike instead of, uh, you know, generator or batteries or whatever. But. Speaking of art at Burning Man and bikes and recycling, uh, (laughs) adding all those things together, Tom uh, is a high school art teacher in Reno, and he went to Burning Man this year. He not only went, but he's building a 45-foot-tall dollar sign that is made out of old appliances. Uh, this, This art piece is called Consumption. So he's kind of an impromptu expert at teaching people about waste and how to not waste stuff. Here's Tom. Somehow we're going to tie it to bikes. I, I, that's not a, that's not much of a stretch. I mean, I just took a recycling run just to get rid of some metal scraps from, from our project. And people were tossing bikes out in the recycle thing that looked good. And they should be donating them somewhere. The Reno Bike Project or um, what's the... the um, Oh, who is it that does the bikes? The Kiwanis Club? 
Um, they should be giving them to them, those people instead of just tossing them. Yeah, there's so many bikes out there and then people don't know how to repair them. So that's uh, kind of the issue. Yeah, but that's also not that hard to figure out too because you could take them down to Reno Bike Project and they'd help you with that. So, and they won't charge you, right? I mean, so this is, this is not a hard problem to fix. I think, put, you know, thinking about people specifically, I think they, they need to do a better job of looking for options. We have these, these magic boxes in our pockets that have more computing power than they landed on the moon with. The information's out there. Go look for it. We're busy. People are, you know, everybody's got stuff, and I don't want to be too harsh on everybody, but, but the information's out there, and they could find stuff. They could find a better solution than just tossing it. So the problem's time. Probably. That certainly has something to do with it, I'm sure. Um, you know, we've all got stuff going on in our lives and, and we all tend to be seem seemingly overscheduled, especially if we have kids. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe s slowing down and smelling the roses a little bit more too. Um, but yeah, I mean, bikes are, bikes are huge. The one thing I, f I find really funny is, you know, they, they regulate the speed on the art cars, but some of like the e-bikes and g g people on the one wheels or, uh, maybe they're on an electric scooter. Those, those guys cruise through pretty fast. Um, and granted they're not a big, you know, two ton vehicle, but still. You wouldn't want uh, to get hit by one. No, yeah. no, no. So that, that, so I always find that kind of interesting that there's, that they don't do anything to kind of temper that or seemingly anyway. Yeah. What do you think it would be like out there if it were like the rest of the world where there's more cars than bikes? Like, would it be possible or gridlock or what? I think it would be possible. I think it would suck. I, I just, I mean, I think it would be awful. And, and I, I mean, you know, they're outside of, of, of the city when, when, you know, when you're out in the, in where all the art is displayed, either you're at the man or the temple or some of the other pieces, um, there are no roads. So it would just be a free for, and it is a free for all for, you know, everybody that is out there. Um, and I think if everybody had their regular cars, I think it would be horrible. And, you know, not to mention the fact that people are jerks when they drive. And so I just, I, I think it would just be abysmal. I think it's definitely the right call that we're not driving here. Uh -huh. Plus, not, not, and that doesn't even get to the fact that um, people might be a little altered on various substances while they're out there. And, you know, operating a two-ton thing is probably bad. That was Tom, a high school art teacher who built Consumption, a 45-foot-tall dollar sign made out of old appliances to demonstrate the waste and profits that companies make by stopping us from recycling our stuff or stopping us from fixing our stuff. Uh, bike share bikes are actually designed to not be easily repaired. Uh, it, they require special tools uh, to take them apart. Uh, the reason for that is to prevent theft. But in Reno, Playa Bike Repair, which serves people who are going to Burning Man with bikes, uh, the Playa Bike Repair folks are recommissioning thousands of bike share bikes and uh, hoping that they will be better in the long run than regular bikes. Here's Rob Spear of Playa Bike Repair. He's in charge of the operation of recommissioning these bike share bikes. Uh, honestly, I, I mean, uh, there's probably an argument out there, but Playa Bike Repair for five days is the biggest bike shop in the world. As far as I know, um, there's no other place that will work on 4,000 bikes in five days and rent 2,000 bikes out and the 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 rentals of course pay for the free bike shop and all the free parts and uh, there's it's honestly it's one of the most amazing things i've been able to do in my life for bicycles and, and you it. were saying there's a huge amount of parts that are given away huge amount of parts wheels uh, uh i mean we're talking 50 dollars wheels we'll put on bikes uh help brake pads we will overhaul more bottom brackets in five days than some shops will in their lifetime it feels like i mean probably but i can guarantee years of bottom bracket overhauls in a regular bike shop and we will do them in five days and you had an estimate for how much uh, all of this valuable like the the value of all this stuff that you're handing out is i uh that my estimate is ten thousand dollars ten ten to fifteen thousand dollars five days of, of stuff five days yeah all Where free. does all this stuff come from? How uh, do you get free stuff? Uh, we don't get anything for free. It's all paid for. So we have connections in the industry that allow us to get our parts for wholesale. Um, I don't know if I should mention them. Um, but it's uh, uh, we're able to get these parts locally through a local distributor. And... Uh, 
Um, yeah, we have a we have a fifty. I think it's a fifty-three foot semi-trailer. That's a mech trailer. It's filled with hundreds of wheels, bottom brackets, grips, um, uh, bottom brackets, bottom bracket bearings. <laughs> I, I'm serious. There's I saw, I saw a, a box of them today. Oh, boxes and boxes and boxes of bottom bracket bearings for single speed cruisers. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But what's the future? Do you think? Uh, that's actually really good. I'm, I can't believe I have this venue just thought to show up out of the blue. Uh, asking me this question is, is I don't believe this is just for my camp or for that's not my camp the for fly bike repair I want it for all the bike repair camps I think they should all become service camps official service camps allowed to work on playa uh, delivering their rental bikes on playa having the bikes returned on playa the economy of scale is good for the environment uh, you've got these people traveling from around the world they need a bike. You expect them to go to Walmart and buy a bike, throw it on their roof of the car, build it on Playa, and this piece of junk just falls apart on them? I mean, well, what are you supporting there? You're supporting some smelter somewhere in China and one of the biggest box stores on the planet exploiting labor. Whereas if you rent a bike from Playa Bike Repair, Black Rock Bicycles, the Co buy one from the Kiwanis, or, or I, I don't know all the names of these companies, but you are supporting the local economy. You're supporting, you're, you are really backing up environmentalism, uh, reuse, uh, and I just, I just really think Burning Man needs to really open their mind and realize what these bike camps are doing for the attendees of the event. I mean, you've, they're 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 selling ten dollar bags of ice this year, and they're kicking out bike rental camps. I, I just don't get it. It's just how to figure out, you know, how does a a <clears throat> an eighty thousand person city survive without cars. And how does that economy work? Because it doesn't live anywhere. You know, it just doesn't exist. And, and the Burning Man's gigantic. It, I mean, when it was twenty thousand people, the they. The, uh, um, let me start this over. So the Burning Man has pretty much always used the same shape as the, as the city. But as the city has grown, they, it has just blown up the size of this shape. So now it's like over a mile to cross the playa. And in the old days, it, it was much less than that. I don't know how big it was in 99, my first show. But you could walk across it. It wasn't a big deal. Now it's like, oh, my God. You're younger then. <laughs> yeah. It's way better shape, too. Um, but, yeah, it was. It's, bike was cooler. Uh, my bike was cooler. I think it's a day. No, no, I don't think Burning Man should subsidize it. They're, they, they are self-realized. The, the camps... The repair camps are supported by the rentals, so the, the only way that we that that our camp could possibly give away ten to fifteen thousand dollars in parts is because of these rentals. The only way that we can staff a thirty-person bike shop for eight hours a day is with the rentals. And and a lot of these people on our camp, we have a lot of professionals who plenty of money, but we also have people that would never even be able to get to experience Burning Man if it wasn't for them earning their ticket working on bicycles, the, the rentals, to get it, uh, working on the rentals. Yeah, they, they work for their ticket. They work uh, for their and, ticket, exactly. fixing hundreds of bikes a day. Yeah, and, yeah, and they, get, they get fed in our camp. They get water in our camp. They, their, their logistics become practically nil because they have, they, have, they have guaranteed hours that they must work and to earn their way. Um, yeah. Being a, a bike person, there's a particular, you know, way that we grow up learning how to fix them and use them and understanding the efficiency. And that's not how the majority of humans live their lives. They get in the car, they turn on the key and they drive around. And if we're going to try and, and shift that a little bit, does playa bike repair and the bikes that you're using play a role in that in some way or another yeah these bikes are fantastic uh so it was a big it was a big back and forth between lauren geller and me uh i've been very involved in this camp even when burning man's not even close and we had this opportunity to buy uh buy these bikes from a defunct rental company who uh stupidly uh mobilized their bikes in san francisco without a permit and then they got stuck in bureaucratic 
nightmare and uh, uh, weren't able to actually do it and they went bankrupt and so we bought their bikes. Um, they're awesome. They're tubeless, so you can't get a flat. They're internal three speeds, so the shifting never fails. Uh, full housed, so the cable doesn't gum up. The um, you know, no access to playa and water can get in there. The uh, the um, and, and these things are just super low maintenance, ultra reliable machine. Yeah, and I mentioned that on Facebook today on our yeah. Chucky Meadows Bike Alliance Facebook page, like the. I I really want one of these because I'd probably never have to do anything to maintain it. And one of my friends was like, "What do you mean? You wouldn't have to maintain yeah, it." Well, you'd have to you have to lube the chain. That's pretty much it. And uh, lube the chain and front brake pads. You could probably ride this bike for 20 years, and that the only oh, and maybe have to put on grips. Um, that'd probably be the only thing you'd ever have to do to these bikes. That's why we bought them. We uh, we wanted uh, we were. We were maintaining a fleet of derailleur bikes and uh, cruisers. Uh, cruisers are, in my opinion, possibly the best bike you could possibly get out there. Um, there's just hardly anything to go wrong, but they still have flats and the bottom brackets get trashed. And whereas these bikes are all cartridge bearings. And as I said, you know, front brake pads have V brakes, but it's got a roller brake in the back and, you know, airless tires. It's just, and it's a nice upright position, very comfortable. I mean, I wouldn't want to ride these bikes all day long or anything, but, you know, it's an amazing to-and-fro bike for sure. I have a front basket on it, which I think is psychedelic because it's attached to the head tube instead of the forks. <laughs> so you're, like, steering the bike and the basket stays straight. It is super bizarre. It's totally psychedelic. Nobody else seems to think that's weird. It's just oh, really? you and me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, not, uh, some other people? There's people. There's other people who think it's weird, right. too. Lauren thinks it's weird. And, <laughs> Um, good. Good. And, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not. And, and other bike pros think it's weird because we're just used to the baskets turning because they're mounted to the handlebars or the forks, yeah. and it's just so crazy. I'm I'm super tripped out when I, when I'm. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. I can't get over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like every time. <laughs> well, that's weird. <laughs> How does that change? You know, the the maintenance aspect. How do you think that changes things for for the general public? And does it? Well, we've had some grow. We had some initial growing pains initially mobilizing this fleet and, and making sure that they were uh, uh, properly uh, taken care of before. Uh, but uh, so, I, I, so someone out there, I'm sure, can go, "Oh, my bike broke. My my blue go go broke on playa." Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, we've solved those problems, and I, I, I mean, I can pretty much guarantee, unless you run this thing over, this thing's going to last you the entire burn with zero issues. Excellent. Nice. And there's nothing better. You. It's, you want something reliable. You're 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 paying for a service, and you want it to work. Uh, and especially if you're partying and you're three miles away from your camp, and your bike's broken. I mean, that's I've seen people cry when their bike breaks on at Burning Man. I'm, I'm not kidding. And, and they're in my shop, or I call it mine. Um, the, and I can't fix their bike. I've seen people cry when their bike doesn't work. They're, there's no other options out there. You, the, you know, the, we aren't we aren't even allowed to. Even if I had a bike for that person, rules have always been I can't rent them a bike. Or it's just in the rule book. So I've seen multiple people cry when their bikes break. Whereas I think these bikes, these bikes just won't break unless you run them over. But but our car runs them over or something. You know what I mean? They're just super reliable. Yeah. 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 I remember when I was out there and word spread like wildfire that I could fix a bike. Uh -huh. And it was just like nonstop oh, yeah. bike fixing yeah. from yeah. camp to camp. Uh, the, if you want to get invited to parties, fix somebody's bike in the bike camp. You get invited to everything. I've... I used to sleep with all the trinkets on that I would be given at camp, but I would wake up... I, I woke up once and all the trinkets around my neck from being given for free had kind of like almost choked me out. So now I take them off. Uh, I mean, it, 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 that was your learning experience. That was my learning experience. You learned to yeah. take them off. I have to take, you have to take off all hundred necklaces you get for fixing bikes. But you know, I didn't want to, cause it's so cool. All the gratitude people, the people the, you fix someone's bike at Burning Man. It's like you saved their life. Uh, yeah. 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 People say I'm crazy. Doing what I'm doing. And 
from fixing somebody's bike at the burn. I mean, the way they look at you and the appreciation. And, uh, I mean, as I said, he, I, I, you I feel like you did nothing. I, for me, it's just just my skill, you know. That's easy. It's like cake, you know. Um, to them, it's their like. It's like everything. If if they don't have their bike, they can't. They they. They can't make it to Daft Punk at the trash vents. They're gonna miss it. People say I'm lazy. Dreaming my life away. That was Rob Spear of Playa Bike Repair. Now we're gonna be back in just a minute. Weenie, I am sorry, your bark is so annoying. You're like that bike group that's always complaining about improving micromodal transportation. What? You agree with them? I guess a dog is micromodal. <laughs> well, Winnie, if you feel so strongly about making our roads safer for bikes and dogs and kids, why don't you just go fill out the Safe Mobility for All survey at bikewashout.org? Wow, Winnie, I didn't realize you could type and use the internet. Can you go out and tell people about the Safe Mobility for All survey and show them how to fill it out at bikewashout.org? Oh, you want me to tell people? I hadn't really thought of that. I'll give it a try. Go to bikewasho.org and fill out the Safe Mobility for All survey. Yeah, I gotta work on it. Now, if we could just figure out how to tell people. What? Use the radio? What's that? Oh, 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 I think I heard of it. It has dials and antennas and static and stuff, right? Why would we use that? We're talking to Rob Spear of Playa Bike Repair. Uh, he is recommissioning thousands of bike share bikes. You know, why don't bikes last longer? You know, why why do we have all these these bike share bikes that last forever and need almost no maintenance versus going to Walmart and buying a bike and it and it needs repair like the second it's out the store? Well, that's actually a good question. Uh, most recently, there was an online petition uh, to make it so that Walmart and Toys R Us couldn't sell these really horrible, basically disposable bikes. Um, you've got all this energy going into manufacturing these um, beep brand bikes, and they're just uh, you know they're you ride them around, they don't stop. Uh, they they don't shift. Maintaining them is practically impossible, and they end up just becoming garage fodder and collecting dust for for money. You know, and uh, and it's really bad for the bike industry. And uh, yeah, it's, well, it's bad for it's bad for people who you, you want to when you get on something you expect it to work, and if it doesn't work, you, you don't necessarily know that because you bought this box bike that it hasn't been professionally set up that that you may never experience a professionally done bike and so you ride this junk and it and it, it and you you just lose favor in that machine even doing it because it just doesn't faith. work yeah you lose faith favor you, and you just don't even want to do it so you you park it in the corner next to your washing machine you know and look at it with scorn or, yes. or hope or who yeah. knows and then you call the junk picker uppers to take it away 10 years after it's been in there i'm just sitting here watching the wheels go round and round i really love to watch them roll no longer so, uh, have you have you thought much about what i said yesterday about saturating a a city with um with bikes and and what would possibly happen if if that were to occur we it's happened in other parts of the world the only it just needs to happen here in the united states i mean if you look at amsterdam nobody drives it's all bicycles no, uh, but i mean like like saturating the city with bikes that work well and are comfortable like they're not individual bikes that are owned by people but like uh like these fleets these yeah. fleets yeah, I think it's good, but the problem is, again, you, you start walking into uh, low-level mechanics. Um, I actually checked out the line bikes that were here in Reno, and every single one of them had an over-tightened chain on them. So that means when you're riding this bike, uh, not only is the bike being damaged, but it, it rides hard because of the load that's being produced in the chain, because the chain was over-tightened. Um, 
and, and, and who, wants, who, wants to, who wants to pedal a bike if it's hard? Yeah. I don't. You're expending a lot of energy to push the pedal yeah. and not going anywhere. Yeah, the bike's just eating your energy. Why? 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 I don't want that. Uh, every single bike that I saw that was... Uh, actually, I shouldn't say Reno. I should say Sparks. Because I, my purview, he was just here in Sparks. But every single one of those bikes that I saw here had an over-tightened chain. 100%. I'm not talking 1, 2%. 100% of them had an over-tightened chain. So you brought up Lime Bikes, which is really interesting because we're decommissioning bikes for Playa Bike Repair that are from a bike share. And Lime Re- Bikes... Recommissioning. Recommissioning. Recondition- recommissioning, yes. Recommissioning them. Yeah. And uh, with Lime Bikes, everything was so spe- specialized so that it couldn't be taken off and put on some kind of other bike that they just put it in a big giant pile and threw it away. And... Uh, so we're kind of taking, we're doing something which seems to be new, at least that I've never seen before. Have you ever seen uh, these kind of recommissioning of, of bike share bikes? No, this is actually the first time I've seen it. Uh, I haven't read of it. Yesterday, you mentioned is uh, kind of like bike hell in some ways or another, oh. at least right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not really laying out super complicated things, except it's, you're kind of laying out people. It's it's like, I, the, it's not, this is not the greatest description I would ever give anything, but it's like throwing up. It's, it's, there's, Why? Uh, there's absolutely nothing pleasurable about it whatsoever except the end result, which is knowing that there's going to be 1,000, 2,000 people on my bikes or my cruise bikes loving Burning Man, getting around, and that they're going to have this reliable machine that's not going to break on them. Yeah. You know, I was, I had to go strap trailers today, trap, strap bikes to trailers, and I was thinking I'd rather be repairing the bikes. And I didn't know why, and I think I, that... I wish you were there, actually. I, I was a little upset you were working on the trailers, I'll be honest. <laughs> the, That's where I wanted to be, and I was trying to think about why does this not feel as fun as having my hands on the bicycle themselves and instead on straps, and I guess, you know, you've kind of put it into words there, is that uh, thinking about that there's going to be people out there riding and not having problems. Nice. You know? Yeah, it's, it's really cool, and... You know, Burning Man's about this, like, participation experience, and I understand our camp is somewhat commodified, but without us, uh, thousands and li- literally 6,000 people would have problems. Yeah. The 6,000 people rely on us. You know what's a little bit strange about it now that I think about it? Because you mentioned ice is sold. Ice is important to everybody. And coffee was sold for a while, and that was important, but... Nobody could get anywhere without a bike, and so getting dates at the coffee shop was more important <laughs> than bikes. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> getting dates at the coffee was uh, <laughs> getting dates at the coffee shop is really good. <laughs> you rode your bike there. Yes, absolutely. Got to ride your bike everywhere. So, uh, for Bike Life Radio, you want to tell us a story about getting a date, uh, riding your bike to the coffee shop? Um, man, I saw. I'm talking to Rob Spear uh, here. Cammy, I still remember her name. 1999, my first burn. Um, Is yeah, she still out there. Are you in touch with her? I I don't know. I, I Cammy, you got to get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just saw this beautiful girl in line, and you know I'm kind of shy, and she was just gorgeous, and I got up the gumption to ask her out in the coffee shop line. And we what happened? A, we had a beautiful date. Um, Where did you go? You went, you went somewhere on the burn? I, I had a uh, BMX side hack, uh, which is a BMX bike, race bike from the 70s and 80s that uh, had a sidecar on it. And I just took her around, rode her all. I was in incredible shape back then. And I just rode her around Playa all day long, and we just had this amazing date. So when you met her in line, I mean, she was obviously beautiful. Yeah. Did you say, oh, I have this BMX with a sidecar. Why don't you get yeah. in it, baby? No. 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 That, I, that would have failed, huh? I if wish I, I could that. remember what I did because I would try it again. Um, <laughs> but it worked. I just had to let it go. And, and here at uh, Burning Man, we're trying to just keep people going. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. Playa Bike Repair on Playa, we like to call it a triage. Like the, you walk in, you know, when you go to the, you hurt yourself, you go into the hospital, you get your, your heart checked, your temperature checked, and they kind of strap you together so they can send you off to surgery to get your shoulder put together later. And that's definitely what the bike camps do. Um, they get you going. They it won't necessarily be awesome, but they will get you going. I, I think Playa Bike Repair is probably the premier bike shop on the Playa because we do have brand new parts that we give to people. Or um, uh, other places will just bring other bikes that you will uh, cannibalize to get yourself going. They'll make you work on it yourself. Uh, whereas Playa Bike Repair will will if will try to guide you, but if you can't do it, we'll just take over and get it done. Yeah, because it's a lot faster. Oh uh, yeah, we got we have lines that are a hundred people long uh, when on the first few days of the burn, and so yeah, we we try to help, we try to teach you, but if if all of a sudden you're holding back someone else's bike getting fixed, we're gonna rip into it. Yeah. Do you think that we're having an impact in that we're in all the the bike camps that are out there at Burning Man, helping people to potentially learn something about their bike that you can twist this little thing and it's going to tighten your brake or whatever, uh, is that making an impact? Do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know how much of an impact, but it's making an impact. Then, I don't know if these people will take it home and do it, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. The I mean, fix is easy. I don't know who this one woman was, but I remember it very much. She had an entourage, and she showed up with one of these really nice electric fat bikes, and uh, and uh, and she had run over like rebar and ripped open the holes in these tires, just massive. And uh, I, I was pulled over because we don't we don't we those tires are really expensive. They're like sixty sixty five dollars each retail. So we don't stock those tires for just replacement. So, um, but I figured out a way to to f- patch these tires up with cardboard and tape. And I told her I, I was telling this woman <laughs> she's got an entourage. Uh-huh. So I she had to be someone famous that I just didn't know. And I and she like. Her entourage was trying to help her. She's like, no, no, no. And she did what I told her. She got her own bike together and she left feeling accomplished and empowered and did it herself. I don't know if she's ever done it again. Um, but at that moment, at that time, she was strong and she was happy. And it felt good. Yeah, it felt great. For you and her. Yeah, for both of us. I was telling her what to do, just like just like I would a beginning mechanic. So I'm not I'm not telling her, I'm instructing her, you know. And she just she did it and took care of it, got it together, and rode her bike away. Her that she fixed herself. With her entourage following her. Yes, with her entourage following her. Yes. <laughs> the very attractive group of people, I will say. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Are you do you have a hope for this year? Um, the hope for this year, just hope everybody's safe. Uh, I, I, saw, I hope everybody plays it safe, carefully, you know, have a blast, do crazy stuff. Uh, just be safe. Yeah, as I tell everybody, you know, be safe. You know, have safety third, but at the same time, you know, take care of yourself. Don't do something stupid. You know, be safe. Uh, make it through. See that burn. See that experience. Uh, hang out with the virgins at the burn if you've been, if you're a multi-burner, so you can see that virgin look that you've forgotten and you remember. Hang out with those virgins and and uh, the look in their eye. And remember that because you were that one step too. Rob's beer, Mike Life Radio. Thank you for the beers. Thank you for coming. Uh, and and thanks for the interview. Hey, thank you. It's uh, my first interview. I'm. I'm so, uh, thank you. Yeah, I think. Bike repair and bike access is a worldwide challenge, and, and that's no surprise to Burning Man, right? But the League of American Bicyclists, in fact, has a program to help us put our heads together and think through bike problems. Here's Anna Tang of the League of American Bicyclists uh, Bicycle Friendly Communities Program. This show is about uh, Burning Man. And we have a, <laughs> yes, and I, I brought her over to Playa Bike Repair to take a look at the biggest bike shop in the entire world for a week. Uh, we, we made that up, but um, uh, people believe it, and so it must be true. 
and fact check that. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Yeah. And until you do, it's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the concept of processing that many bikes. Thousands. Yes, yeah. thousands of bikes that have to be decommissioned from being bike share bikes. It is a really sustainable and like great efficient way to repurpose bike share bikes that might otherwise either get thrown out scrapped or just sent yeah to the landfill and it's a really good way to repurpose them for like an actual transportation use and so there's this problem of uh, bike repair out there lack of infrastructure things of that sort and we're now i was i've been like struggling with this idea for a day and and you know, what, how does Black Rock City solve this problem? And, and you came up with a really quick solution after hearing all these problems. One of, one of the solutions I thought of was just apply to become a bicycle-friendly community because it is a methodical way of assessing your community to see where they're at and to evaluate your uh, strengths and weaknesses for a community and your deficiencies to see where you could improve and making sure that the work that you're doing is equitable and prioritizing people for the right reasons. So Black Rock City could apply to be a bicycle friendly community. Yes, they could be the first Burning Man type place to apply. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I guess it's fascinating for you as a, as a national bike advocate to have a city that is of that size that is focused so much on, on bikes, right? Yeah, I believe it would be the only community that is 100% bike transportation applying for this designation, um, from what I know. Wow, that would be pretty neat. They could hang that on their Burning Man tent. It would be beyond cool, yeah. <laughs> you said it's a long application. It, it's comprehensive, yeah. It is. Um, it goes through all of our five E's that we use to are judge a community, which is engineering, education, uh, evaluation and planning, equity and accessibility, and uh, encouragement. I forgot encouragement. That's what I would. People rely on bikes to get around as like their main form of transportation, even over walking places. And it also sounds that bike repair and bike maintenance is a huge problem. If a city isn't allowing a way to give people access to get their bikes fixed in a reliable way, then they should be educating them on how to do, do it and providing those tools for themselves. So it sounds like that issue is at Burning Man. If you are forcing them to bring a bike um, in a way that they're not used to doing, then that's also putting another burden on people. But if you are either providing them with a bike that works and is something that they can use there or teaching them how to fix their bikes, then that is more equitable. All right, to wrap things up, uh, BikeWashoe.org and the Truckee Meadows Bicycle Alliance suggested that Burning Man and Black Rock City apply for this bicycle-friendly community designation. Um, also, we suggested that the census at Burning Man uh, add some questions to their census every year. Um, do people ride their bikes more after they've left the playa and had this experience? Um, because that's the real test if Burning Man's Biketopia experiment is working and having a real effect out there in the community. Are, are people fixing their bikes after they leave Burning Man? Well, we'll see uh, if they do all of those things and make Biketopia better. That's it for Bike Life Radio. We record out in the world, never in a studio. Bike Life Radio is made possible by KWNK Studios in Reno, Nevada, owned and operated by the nonprofit bike shop Reno Bike Project. Uh, there is another group, the Dutch Cycling Embassy, and it travels the world helping communities solve bike problems too. They're going to be in Reno on September 12th helping local engineers. And there's a public ride with them, a movie, pizza, and beer. It's at Patagonia at 6 p.m. on September 12th. For details, go to bikewasho.org. This was an officially approved Burning Man media project, but Burning Man played no role in the approval or review of the content, and it was produced independently by bikewasho.org. 
That's it for Bike Life Radio, the Burning Man Biketopia edition. Next time uh, you think about tossing your bike in the trash, remember what John Lennon said. As a kid, I had a dream. I wanted to own my own bicycle. When I got the bike, I must have been the happiest boy in Liverpool, maybe the world. I lived for that bike. Most kids left their bike in the backyard at night. Not me. I insisted on taking mine indoors. And the first night, I even kept it in my bed. Don't throw your bike away. Sleep with it. Fix it. Maintain it. Cherish it. Or give it to somebody who will. I'm Kai Plaskon. Right on. Right on.